been with a group of men that uh, worship, and this isn't part of what I was going to talk about today, but uh, my voice may be a little different, <coughs> not because I'm ill in any way, I'm so full of life today, and being with these men that worship, raise their hands, spending my time with somebody who would just come here in their day to be with me, I know that, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and some of the other men. <laughs> Watch this man when he walks out. The glow on this man is amazing today. We got somebody else back here. Craig, he was with us. Rick was with us. There's others here. We have a son. A man that's sitting at in this room today. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for being here. I may miss somebody because I don't. Lights are in my eyes again. Don't see it. I don't want to use up a lot of this time because it's precious. Thanks for being here today. Man, I, was, I stepped out the door and I almost chickened out. It wasn't because of, <laughs> of the snow. It's just this. A friend of mine said on the event, and he was in tears like I, I'm going to try not to. You guys know I don't cry easy. <coughs> But his heart just comes alive, and he, he sobs when one man is set free. So we're going to go some places today if you weren't here. It's been a long time ago, I think, already since we came here. Um, some of the guys know that I like to have props, and um, so I have to have this thing. My hands are gone all the time. Um, but I had said we'd have part two of a series. I don't know if this is the end or not. We'll find out how the church and people feel about that. Um, but I'm good. We're going we're gonna to dive right into part two today. And if you weren't here about three weeks ago or so, um, please. And not just because I spoke on anything. There have been some amazing men standing up here. And I love it because they've been from inside. We don't have to reach around the world to preach to each other, talk to each other, and find healing. So go back into the, uh, the archives or the iPods of Reload, uh, or the podcasts of Reload, and see what you might have missed. Some of them have been amazing. Sunday Night Ministries, we've had uh, Steve Hage. Um, he's, he gave an amazing, and Shannon O'Dell. Look on Sunday nights. If you weren't here, you're missing some great stuff. Fire you up, build you up, and ready to go tackle this world. So, um, where do I where do I begin, Pastor? Uh, oh, Pastor Bernie, you got your. <laughs> this is the one I'm talking about over here. But we have Pastor Bernie. I brought this umbrella back again. That was so uh, to remind me that I had said that we would start these parts of this series with one thing in mind: the beginning, the overall covering of this series was. A quote by St. Arrhenius, the glory of God is man, fully alive. I just left a group of men that uh, came more alive than they've been in years, myself included. Um, kind of like a repeat performance every once in a while. I need to, I need to be in the presence of God, oh, Jesus, Holy Spirit. So some of this I'm going to cover today is we can't find that time. We can't find that place. 
last time when I was here, I uh, uh, tried to get us to, to change our greetings maybe from how you doing or how's it going to how's your soul. So I would ask that question. Don't dwell on that because we're going to go deeper today. How's your soul today? I saw some laughter. I saw some smiles. But I see some heavy faces. It's not condemnation or not criticism. It is what it is. So when I left last time, I, I kind of left you with a challenge. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But if you didn't do it, I'm going to ask you to do it. Do it this time. Look up the quote by Norman Cousins. See if it applies to my soul. I've had to do this. Jesus can handle it. The tragedy of life is in what dies inside of a man while he lives. The death of genuine feeling. The death of inspired response. The death of awareness that makes it possible to feel pain. Or the glory of other men in ourselves. I think that's a big one, guys. We see glory in ourselves. We're going to talk about how that is eroded. It's in the soul. So the, today's title, and I'm not, try, I'm not here to try and offend anybody at all. Uh, the title of today's message is, We All Have a Little Weight We Could Lose. And that's not in ounces and pounds. It's about the heaviness of Something I brought along here, it won't make much sound on a, but we all got a backpack, all, and we've been carrying it around for a long time. Some of it we don't even realize anymore. It's just been a part of our life for so long that we think this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it, I don't know about supposed to be, but it is the way it is, and we live with it. And just this last song, that was I'm, that's. God puts things together. Resurrected King is resurrecting me from all the things that of the past. Some of the things that are present right now. Hebrews 12.1. Um, read that last week. Oh, here's the card right in front of me. I'd like to read that again. This round, we all have a little weight to lose. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And I can kind of sense right now some of the guys in the room are saying, oh no, here goes Skip with that James 5.16 again, that uh, confess your sins to one another, that God and I, we've all heard it enough times. But I brought a shovel today, um, one of the props. I brought a shovel because there's no way I'm here to dig or I want any of us to dig to find sin that we can talk about today. So I painted what the symbol of you see right on, no shoveling, no loitering, no. I just put an X upon there. But there's also something else about an X. It's, it is made out of somewhere of two lines that cross each other. So maybe that symbol today, our sins, let's set them aside. Jesus gave his life for our sins. I'd rather focus on what, how our souls are doing. Today, it, how did this happen? December 7th. Today is National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. 
the Japanese admiral, Eseroku Yamamoto, who planned the attack in Pearl Harbor, would report it, reportedly write in his daily journal, I fear all we have done is to awaken the sleeping giant and fill him with a, with a terrible resolve. I will, I will return and attempt to return and revisit the word resolve just a little bit later. But in a, so in the book of Waking the Dead, we, we're talking about defeat. I just listened to that song. There's words about defeat, victory. Those things have battle meaning to them. They have war in them. It just fell into place because I had no clue. But in a book of uh, Waking the Dead, if you ever, another one of my favorite writers, um, John Eldridge wrote in uh, Waking the Dead, you must fight for your life. Until we come to terms with war and as the context of our days, we will not understand life. We will mis misinterpret 90% of what is happening around us and to us. It will be very hard to believe that God in God's intentions toward us are, are life abundant. It will even be harder not to feel that somehow we are just blowing it. Worse, we will begin to accept some really awful things about God. Just let that sink in. And we are, we've been in a world at war. We've been in a world at war since we were, the day we were born. Jesus was born into a world at war. It's made no difference for us. And we're not a volunteer army, man. We don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. There was another quote, and there was a, some disagreement about who this came from or where it came from. The only thing necessary for evil to win, actually it was for evil to triumph, is for good men to do nothing. There was agreement, disagreement over that. I don't care who wrote it. I could care less who wrote it. But as I looked at my life, my past, and my present, I don't really care. I simply believe it. I believe that to be true. That for a few men, good men, to do nothing, we're going to get taken up. Most of us may not comprehend the fact <coughs> that during battle, the wounded, for instance, in Vietnam, were way more important to the other side than a body count. I heard the statistics. I think they're accurate, pretty accurate in the day. But today, in the battles that we have, and the veterans we have here, thank you, but the battles that, that men have been in, it takes 22 personnel to take care of one person that has been wounded. It only takes one person to take care of a deceased warrior. Just zip up the bag, put them on a plane, and send them home. Think about those numbers. In the church, in our business world, when we walk in wounded, it takes 22 people to care for us, to lift us up, to hit everything we need. 22 people. In the church pastor's got a lot of people here. The pastoral staff has a lot of people. And you're in, if you go to a different church, it's no different. The wounded come in. It takes a huge staff to try and help, to walk along with them, to lift them up, to 
and it's tiring, and then they get exhausted. And I'm getting way off where I'm going because that's my heart. Just search our heart. How are we doing? How's my soul today? So what does that have to do with us? Proverbs 17, 22 of the Passion Translation reads, A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both the body and the soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. In the world today, the battles that have been going on, we could say that about the, the veterans, far, far, far too many suicides. But we focus on that, and in this room, just in the civilian world, the things that have dragged us down, some of the things that I want to get into. Far, far too many lives have been lost by our own hand because we weren't able to address some of the things that are in this backpack. And some of us are still carrying some. 1 Peter 5, 8. As soon as I said that, a lot of you, if I gave you 30 seconds or 10 seconds, you start spitting that out. Be sober, be vigilant for the enemy, for the evil one. Da-da-da-da, he's come. Rome's like a roaring lion. We know all of that, but the words that hit me the most in all of that verse, he's looking for whom he may devour. I looked at my wife and I, <coughs> excuse me, occasionally have mild disagreements, um, and it's over the interpretation or the, or the define the word. Give me the definition. And we have a, giving you a word of uh, wisdom here. Get yourself a pocket dictionary and keep it handy. Keep it on a coffee table in the living room. That's where some of our discussions are. <coughs> and it saved us. We both have kind of diverging. Once in a while, a word in a sentence crushes my heart. Thank you very much, sir. We'll crush your heart, and then you got a disagreement going, and we start into something. So that little, that little pocket dictionary, and we read that, and then we talk. I didn't think that. I didn't know that. I did, and whew, deflation. And we have one of our men here. Um, and I can't remember exactly how the words are used. De-escalation happens. And it's amazing. The battle is won before we even get started, uh, or is settled before we even get started. So <clears throat> I was thinking about that just the other night. I came home from being in this mountaintop experience, and I think I better start eating healthier because they eat. We eat up there, and not all of it is It's all good. I'm not going to say that. It's great, but um, i got to go to the doctor here for another physical pretty soon, so it's time to... <laughs> suck it in a little bit. And say, but anyway, the word devour in that sentence, seeking who he may devour. I sat down to the table thinking I'm going to eat a little better, so I had a little nice small salad. And instead of putting the dressing on and all the extra junk, I little olive oil for taste and um, had a baked potato instead of putting on all the gravy or anything else on it, just a, a small slab of butter on it. Um, so I'm looking pretty good. And then on the rest of the plate, and 
And the rest of the plate, I got this half-pound venison burger with sautéed mushrooms and onions on one side. And on the other side, I got a couple of strips of pepper bacon that were fried just perfectly. And I laid in a big slab of Swiss cheese and a soft, fresh, warm bun. And I set out to devour that burger. But I still had to bite it one piece, one bite at a time. Now, when I looked up devour, it said that the, like the devil is coming in. He's excited. He can't get, and he's going to rapidly devour us. And I don't see that. I'm not saying the Bible's wrong, but in my life, I guess rapidly is pretty good because even the length I've been on earth compared to eternity is nothing. But through my life, I've sensed it's a little bite here and a little bite there. Another bite over here, and slowly. And at the end of my meal, I had devoured that delicious burger. But he's after way more valuable things. He's after our lives. He's after our souls. Some of those bites cause pain. And I want to. There's nobody in this room that hasn't experienced some pain. I hate to say that. I hate it. But it's true. Pain is universal. It happens to the Christians. It happens to non-Christians. It happens to everyone. Pain is universal. How we handle it is another thing. That may be a situation for a whole other day. I put in some of the weights here in this bag. Because I, I, I come here to church. Many of us go to church and... Um, Watch the people. I watch the men come in here. And I'm sorry to say it. Some of the men come in here, we're carrying quite a load. That's hopefully why we come, is to start lightening that load. But maybe we don't really understand it because it's been so much of a part of our life. Some dear friends of mine, um, and so I'm, when I go into the weights in, in this bag and for me, how much of the weight I'm carrying on me is the weight of shame things that have been said, things I've said and done, and then I'm going to just get away from that sin part of it. I don't want to concentrate on be a sin-conscious Christian and not find healing in the small things, small being relative. But here I've got a, some dear friends of mine went to Uganda. They had personal business there, um, and I was thankful to be a part of that journey. I didn't go with them. I was praying for them. I was following them on Facebook. And they brought me back a Ugandan knife. I, I would look at this. Can you all see it? I call that a dagger. It's got no flip openers. It's a weapon of war. Something you can pull out quickly and use it. Um, so some of the weights we're carrying, I would call them daggers. Remember grandma or mom or a teacher or somebody? Um, when we were little growing up or even, even today, they give you that look. You don't have to say a word. That look that said, I'm disgusted with you. Why would you do such a thing? Why would you even spill your milk? And that look pierced my heart. There's a lot of things that could be a dagger. Um, some some are words, but I'd like to stick with the ones that are just unspoken. That were 
but also there was the one. There was one for me that at about eight years old, my grandfather looked at me. You're going to hell. That's it. That's it. I'm a little boy. I, what hope do I have? That was a dagger. And it lasted. It, it caused me to bleed. It caused pain in me for almost 50 years. Some of you had something similar. I don't want anyone in this room to ever compare their life to the things that I talk about in me. But if you can relate to the feeling, if you can relate to that space and time, then I've done my job. How about the fiery darts of the devil? The Bible talks the fiery darts at us all the time. I relate them to words that were spoken. You're not as good as your sister. You should get better grades than that. All of those kind of things that someone, a teacher, somebody in authority would say to us that make us feel less than. I'm sure all of us have some recollection of that. Don't discount how that's affected your soul, how we're still carrying it, how we respond to others. To protect ourselves from that ever happening, I will never let that happen again. If we've said something like that, we're probably protecting ourselves from a dart from the devil that's landed. The stones of judgment. See if I can find one in here. I have to look. Somewhere. So anyway, stones of judgment. Who's ever told you? You're not good enough. I could go on with other things. But someone has told you that you don't belong. And the stone has landed. It's been hit, up, hit upon you. How about simple disappointments in our lives? We get disappointed every day. Come on, I think everybody in here probably, if we stop to breathe it in a minute, we, we've been disappointed. I got disappointed today. I didn't want to clean the windshield off of my car, but I did. Um, <coughs> disappointments, how about, these go way deeper than we think. How about those of us that have, that have a prodigal child? How about the ones that haven't gotten the, the promotion that we wanted, we were hoping for, we were... We need that promotion because the increase in finance is going to, all of that. Disappointments, we've all had them, and we kind of take them on as well as the world might tell us, suck it up. Suck it up, move on. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And there's more, it keeps coming every day. This doesn't just end today. It didn't end the day that that, Disappointment happened. <coughs> Simple losses. We all lose some things. And, but I want to talk with just a moment. Got a few more minutes to go. <coughs> how many of us have had pets? This one, I, how many of us have had loved, beloved pets? And out of all those hands, I'm sure some of them, we've outlived their pets. What's that got to do? We attach our hearts to some of these guys, and they're gone. I didn't think so, so much about that. Wherever I put this thing, here it is. 
until I was down in the base, basement. Once something that was near and dear to my heart found its place in the basement. Leaning against the wall in a little workroom. And I don't work much, so I, I'm not in there often. This is a picture of the first. The first of a lot of things are extremely important. You won't be able to identify the pictures. Beautiful golden retriever. Smartest dogs on the face of the earth, I believe. It knew my heart. It knew when I was hurting. It knew when I was mad. It knew I was happy. And it went everywhere. I'd yell at it, and five minutes later, it's laying at my feet while I'm sitting reading a book. Forgot all about that. I just cursed it out until I ate it. Every place I went. It would sit by me in a duck swamp for hours on end, nothing in the sky, and finally... Her ears would perk up. Her eye. How'd you know that duck was coming? I just know. That dog lived for the moment when I pulled the trigger and that duck hit the water and she could retrieve it and bring it back and go right back to sitting there waiting for another one. She was bred to just love me and be with me. And when she left, I had to have her put down because she developed cancer. When I looked at this the other night, it brought back some of that pain of a loss. But I didn't only lose the dog. It was my hopes and dreams of having a kennel. Raising, I I'm, I'm really was. I lost some skills. But I was really good at raising and training Labrador and Golden Retrievers, and she was my first. She was my favorite. She was my best. But when my ex-wife said, one of the daggers, I don't love you anymore. I'm going to divorce you. Okay. Okay. Now, how do I handle that? But the dog was a part of that whole story. And I not only lost my ability financially, time-wise, to I had to work. I lost the dream of a kennel. I lost my marriage. There are representations that we all have of things that can recall, things that hurt deeply when they haven't been healed. Praise God, I can have a little emotion over this because part of me is, those, that emotion is healing for all of us that don't dare cry in front of another man. It's part of the grieving process. Then there's the one, and now I'm running really short, but I need to get to something. There's a loss of my dad. Some of his lost loved ones. But then the pace of this world today, the heaviness that we're carrying, the pace of this world, everything that's coming at us on the Internet and, and through, I didn't, I'm glad I didn't bring it up here. My phone. Instant access to everything that's weighing us down, the, whether it's this virus or whether it's, Afghanistan, instant access to everything, and I can't carry it all, neither can you. But we try. I, I, I want to know what's going on. I don't. I don't. But I have to have some. But I'll go back to my dad. He was, he was awesome. He was an awesome dad. He wasn't perfect. I'll give him that. But that doesn't take away some of the things that happened. But I learned in the last four weeks of his life 
that we were so close. We had been so close. He taught me to hunt. He taught me to fish. He taught me how to do things for plumbing, little, little parts of everyday life. He was there to teach me. He was there to usher me into manhood. And then it came the time when he was stricken with cancer. For a couple of weeks, I mean, it had been a, a long journey, treatments for a year, da-da-da. And unfortunately, the cancer metastasized. And he developed bone cancer. I don't know what that feels like. I pray none of us ever do. But I could just touch the man. I could go out, because I had to carry him from one room to another for four weeks. And all I had to do was touch him and try that's some pain but I did that and we were so close for that four weeks I finally fi finally isn't the word I received the gift from him during those four weeks that he spoke a blessing over me there's men in this room we've lost their fathers or we have children and we've never spoke a blessing over them not once I'd urge you to look into that. But during that four weeks, then uh, we had the final two weeks. This is where I, want, I need to, we need to get here to understand the pace of the life that we're living right now. It's blocking out any, any access to God, Holy Spirit, Jesus. I got to go from one thing to the next. I, now I got to sit down and look at my text. Now I got emails. Now I got to got to go work. Some of us are leaving here to go to work. Go. But in those last two weeks of carrying my father from room to room, he slept maybe an hour a night. I slept about an hour a night. Had a baby monitor in the room so that I could be over here attending to my mother who was exhausted. And I could hear him rustling. I'd go in. All he needed to be was rolled over. He passed away. We did the memorial. We did all of that stuff. And in the pace of today's world, the corporate world, what do you get? Three days off if a grandmother passes away. You might get five if a parent passes away or your child. God, it's so painful. But in the corporate world, one day after the funeral, you get that day off to do whatever. But Monday morning, you better be at work, and you better be ready to go, and you better be able to produce. How can we carry the weight of that? FMLA saved me to have those two weeks with my dad. But the following Monday, I was at work. Then we were negotiating a contract, and I happened to be on that negotiating team. And they had the corporate world would say, we can't afford to have you off anymore. So you need to use all of your vacation time if you're going to stay away. And my cry was, I need a vacation to heal. I need some time. And I was out of vacation because I used it before I went did FMLA. Some of those things maybe happened have happened to us guys. <coughs> but that's the pace of life we're living in. And I just want to, we're out of time. So I wrote it right here. Now what we're faced with, I'm going to quickly go through this, and I'm going to leave this. Think about this. If anything, think about this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, 
mind, and strength to the brutality of this world and the war that we're living in. How much of your heart do I have left? I got a question. How much of my heart do I have? How's my soul doing in this? The pace that we're going at. Unless we intentionally dive into a men's ministry, the quest event from Fellowship of the Sword, the return, which my friends are here from, today talk to them, talk to me. To be intentional about getting away with Father for any length of time. It's the only place we can find healing. It is the only place where we're going to become whole. It's the only place we can really find restoration our souls need. So my desire is going to be uh, that sometime in the near future we go a little deeper into this list of the weight. And I had set it down once. It's all different kind of stuff in here. But it does pour out. We can rid ourselves of it. Not ourselves, but we can receive help from our brothers. But the very first place I would love for us to all go is to the foot of the cross. Jesus, I need you so desperately. Holy Spirit, take me somewhere where I can hear your voice. Because I'm going to submit to you many of my holy voice.